You're listening to Bible Through the Year 2017, a weekly devotion to supplement the annual Bible reading plan for Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas. I'm Justin Wheeler. I'm the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and this is week 47 of our Bible reading plan. And we're continuing this week to read through the book of Acts, chapters 9 through 16, and then we'll be reading the book of James, as well as Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. So let's introduce this reading uh, week. This week we're going to be reading the book of Acts, and really not the whole book, but the first half of the book. And, and it's important for us to understand that the book of Acts is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. In fact, uh, the books of Luke and Acts were written by the same author, and they're really two parts of one unified story. The story about what Jesus began to do and to teach, that's Luke in the gospel, and then what Jesus continued to do through his followers throughout the world in the book of Acts. Now, this is a fascinating book in that it shows us how the gospel spread, really, from Jerusalem to Judea, and then from Judea to Samaria, and then from Samaria to the very ends of the earth. By the end of the book, we're sitting at the seat of the most powerful nation in the world at that time. We're sitting in Rome, and Paul's about to share the gospel with the emperor. Next, we're going to be reading the book of James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, also was a man known as a pillar in the church in Jerusalem. Now, if you read the book of Acts, especially chapters 12 through 15, you'll see James in action. You'll see um, him weighing in on major theological issues, but you're also going to see his death come at the hands of persecutors in the city of Jerusalem. Now, this book of James is heavily influenced by Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and it also serves as a strong encouragement for the followers of Jesus, not just to believe in Christ, but to primarily live out their faith in very practical ways. That's the point of James' book. Now finally this week we're going to be reading the book of Galatians. And Galatians is one of the Apostle Paul's letters to churches. And it's this really uh, interesting letter where this church is struggling to keep the gospel of God's free grace at the center of their faith. Now this problem has risen up in the church and it comes in the form of a group of teachers who are teaching that in order to be the true people of God, Gentile Christians must obey the Torah, especially the commands to be circumcised, to eat kosher food, and to keep the holy days. And, and Paul writes this letter to make it clear that salvation, that, that justification in the eyes of God, it comes to those who trust in Christ by faith, not by those who rely on the works of the law. He then explains one of the purposes of the law, and he helps the church understand how the Spirit is what is the one that brings transformation in the lives of God's people. So that's what we're going to be reading this week. Now let's turn our attention now to something we can meditate on. And, and let's look again at the book of Acts. Now the opening chapter of the book of Acts, it sets our expectations of what we will read about in the chapters that follow. In chapter 1, Jesus is still with the apostles, and he has spent the last 40 days uh, preaching to them, teaching them about the kingdom of God. But at this point, the time has come for Jesus to go back to the Father. He's been talking about that, especially in the Gospel of John, about how he's going to go back to the Father. And before he ascends back into heaven, Jesus tells the apostles that they are about to receive the power that he promised to them. 
in John chapters 13 through 16, in Jesus' final evening with his disciples, he promised them that the day was coming when they would receive the Holy Spirit of God, who would come down and would bring to their memory all the things that Jesus had taught them, and he would also bring about a conviction of sin and righteousness into the world. But here in Acts 1, Jesus lets them know that the Holy Spirit is also going to give them the power they would need to accomplish the mission that Christ had given them. And their, their mission is to bear witness to Jesus uh, and his gospel in, in the city of Jerusalem and then beyond Jerusalem to the, to the region of Judea and the city of Samaria and then finally to the very ends of the earth. And so that's what we're going to be reading about in this book. The gospel of the kingdom is going to spread out and it's going to bear fruit in all the world. And that seems so far-fetched, but as you get into the story, you, you see this actually taking place. The Holy Spirit falls on the disciples in the day of Pentecost, and He fills the followers of Jesus with power, and He gives to them miraculous gifts that serve to as, as a sign to those who see what's going on, but it also serves to embolden them to do the works that God has called them to do. And these people who are filled with the Spirit, they begin to bear witness to the gospel, and they begin to bear witness to the people's need of salvation through faith in Christ. And then when new people believe, it, it not only changes their lives, but it begins also to change the city and the culture of where they live. And this change makes some people glad, but it also angers others and it leads the, the church to uh, be persecuted by those who don't like the gospel. And, and sadly or strangely enough, this, this persecution doesn't stop the preaching of the gospel. It only serves to intensify it. And this is the story of the book of Acts. The power of God falls upon the people of God. The people of God speak out boldly in the name of Christ and they witness for Christ. This witness brings change. It often brings persecution, but this does not stop the gospel from spreading. And, and this is the story of the book of Acts. And we see this cycle take place over and over and over until the very end of the book. And, and here's what we're going to see. As as the book begins, the gospel is in Jerusalem with just a handful of Jewish Christians. But by the end of the book, we see that the gospel has spread out to reach nations and cities and peoples, and it's all the way in the city of Rome where Paul awaits an audience with the emperor. The book comes to a close with no real ending because there's no real end in sight for the powerful spread of the gospel in the world. And our lives today are really a continuation of the story that Luke began in the first century. And God has called us to live out our part of the story as we allow the gospel to spread in us and through us today. Next, let's turn our attention to something we can discuss. And the book of James is considered by many to be in the same tradition as the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, because at times it, it really does read like one of the Proverbs. In fact, it seems clear that the two main influences on James' writings were the Sermon on the Mount and the book of Proverbs. But some have also worried that James might not be emphasizing the gospel of grace as clearly as other New Testament authors. Some have even suggested that James contradicts Paul's message of justification by faith alone. But I really don't think that the, 
that that's true. I, I don't think that the main burden of James' letter is to develop our doctrine of sanctification. Rather, he's emphasizing how the gospel affects our lives. It's almost like he's assuming that we understand the gospel of grace, and he wants us to not just be filled with understanding in our minds, but he wants our lives to be transformed and bear fruit for the sake of the gospel. So James is really not focusing on gospel doctrine so much as James is focusing on living a life that bears the fruit of gospel change. So his point is not to convince us that we're saved by faith alone. His point is to show us that real faith will never stand alone. Real faith works. It moves us. It changes us. And it gets us on our feet to fuel our love for God and for our neighbor. So the gospel teaches us how to love others. It teaches us how to care for the poor. It teaches us how to care for the widows and the orphans. The gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us to value spiritual wealth over material wealth. The gospel teaches us to guard our words and to mourn over indwelling sin and to live each day like it's our last. This is what we see happening in the book of James. This is what James is addressing. And he wants us to see how his brother and his Lord, Jesus Christ, not only affects our eternity, but affects our day-to-day -day lives, how we live it for God. This short book is helping us to understand what it means to live as wholehearted, grace-transformed followers of Jesus. This book doesn't contradict the gospel of free grace. It complements the gospel of free grace, and it shows us that true faith in Christ is the root that leads to fruit in the Christian life. So take some time this week as you're reading to discuss how Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount is influencing James's writing. Discuss how genuine faith serves to motivate the kind of obedience that James is encouraging us to have in this book. Finally, let's turn our attention to something we can pray about, and to do that, let's look at the book of Galatians. Now, the book of Galatians, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's one of Paul's earliest letters, and it shows us that it really didn't take long for legalism to become a real threat to the gospel in the Gentile churches. Now, Paul begins this letter by voicing his astonishment that the Christians in Galatia have so quickly abandoned the gospel of salvation by grace alone. And then he spends the rest of the letter dismantling the legalism that's being promoted by those within the church. Now, in this book, Paul is going to help us understand one of the purposes of the law, to show us our sin. And he's going to help us to stop trusting in ourselves for salvation. Jesus alone can save us from sin and keep us in a right relationship with God. Now, we may think that we're beyond this kind of legalism, but I don't think that we're completely free from it. Legalism lives in our hearts. It shows itself time and time again. We are naturally bent toward the belief that in order for others to love us, we must do something to earn that love. And we're naturally bent to think that in order for God to love us, we must make ourselves lovable. But the gospel really seeks to destroy that natural bent in our hearts. The gospel teaches us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel teaches us that God loved us before the foundation of the world. The gospel is testimony to the fact that God's love for us is not a response to our loveliness, but is a product of God's gracious and merciful heart. So as we read through the book of Galatians this week, let's pray 
that God would let the authority and the impact and the power of the gospel destroy the roots of legalism that live in us. Let's pray that the grace of God would overwhelm our hearts again. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBCWiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thanks for listening.